Happy holidays, Merry Christmas Eve, and Merry Christmas, depending upon when you're actually watching this show. It's the BCSN Sports It's 80, Drew, 80, Merry Christmas Eve to you. How you doing today, my brother? Doing fine, my brother. Doing fine. I can't hear you. Can't hear you. Can't hear you. That doesn't help. Check one, two. Can't hear Drew. Bike check that's one right, two. Though. I'm the one that's Bike in the cold waiting two. to hear Drew. Okay, you hear me now? So as we wait to hear, that's AD Drew. Still can't hear him. I'm Brian Fulford here. You are. We are trying to Bike do check this one live two. here. Still can't hear Bike you. Bike check You're one two. Moving. Still not hearing any Bike audio. Bike check one two. Bike check. Bike uh, check. So we are trying to do a live Christmas Eve show. Um, give Drew Bike a check second one two. to. Jump back Bike in. Check still. Again, you know, Bike we, check we try two. to, you know, we, the only reason still can't hear you, Drew. Uh, so we're, we're we're trying to do this on Christmas Eve. Our normal show time is on Sunday evening. Obviously, Sunday is Christmas, and neither one of us wanted to be doing a Bike show uh, on uh, Christmas night. Although, given my current location. Uh, where if you're looking at me and you're looking at Drew, you're saying somebody must be in some cold weather temperatures. It's me. That's right. Uh, as I'm uh, literally chilling with my family somewhere out here in East Atlanta Metro uh, with my family. I'm, I'm the one that's out here in a cold garage doing the show. Drew is in his home studio. Thus, you see the pictures of uh, Michael Jordan in the game room behind me. And of course, if my my FAMU Scully cap doesn't give it away how cold it is. That's how cold it is. So uh, depending upon when you catch this show, you may be catching it live. You may catch it later. You may catch it uh, sometime over the weekend or the beginning of this next, next week. Uh, we want to wish you and your family happy holidays, Merry Christmas, happy Kwanzaa uh, to uh, all of those that you uh, celebrate. And Drew still, we're still waiting on Drew's microphone to get squared away. Uh, the purpose of today's show, we're going to try to get in and out and uh, hopefully within an hour. Those of you who are familiar with the show, you probably laugh as I just said that because there's nothing that we've ever done in less than an hour, but I promise to the heavens, I promise as, as, as real as Santa Claus is <laughs> that we are going to get in and out within an hour. 
for a couple of reasons. One, I'm cold. Two, at any point in time, a family member or a dog, there's three dogs in this place that we're at, may come barging through this room, although this is the coldest room in the house, so I doubt anyone wants to come in here. But at any point in time, a family member could come in and join me on this show, uh, unaware of what I'm actually doing here. And then uh, number three, there is some football happening on the TV screens. Um, You know, those of you who are familiar, familiar, um, you know, we'll we'll try to check that out. Let me do this here because I think we may need to take a quick quick little time out and see if we can figure out what's going on with Drew's mic, the power of live internet streaming. So we're going to take a quick, quick time out, try to see if we can get Drew's microphone set up and then come back into this show with what we plan to talk to you about. Uh, right after this break, you're watching the BCSN sports wrap. We'll be back in just a moment. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time, making it slow and expensive. You won't figure that out for months. <laughs> Ignore him. Credit Versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus, finds the accounts that are hurting your score, and guides you through the entire process. Anyone can do it. Let's fast forward and see the results. Wow, I fixed my own credit and saved hundreds. You can do this. Visit creditversio.com. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. You see Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield technology. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is always Ultra Thins reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster. 
absorbs even more so you can feel dry and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Bins. This is always like never before. This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here are the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Roundtable, The Pre-Game Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way you consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. company to fix my credit hold the phone man you can do it yourself with credit versio that's way too hard call the credit repair company most credit repair companies only work on one or two accounts at a time making it slow and expensive you won't figure that out for months <laughs> ignore him credit versio's brilliant software scans all three credit bureaus finds the accounts that are hurting your score and guides you through the entire process anyone can do it let's fast forward and see the results wow i fixed my own credit and saved hundreds you can do this visit creditversio.com this is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube Spreaker, or the BCSN app. As we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watts and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. You see Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology, protects against flakes, even... Welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford here, soon to be joined by A.D. Drew. We're trying to get some technical difficulties figured out with him. Um, Again, on remote location. It is cold where I'm at. Uh, About the best as I can describe it. Um, So, you know, appreciate. uh, I see uh, C. Lee. uh, Appreciate you coming in and uh, and jumping in and joining us there. Uh, So... You know, we'll try to uh, try to do some things here. The idea of what we wanted to try to do today, and look, we the our normal show is on Sundays, right? Sunday evening, six p.m. to eight. 
we were really faced with doing a Christmas show or doing no show or doing a show either Saturday or Monday. I technically didn't want to do Monday. Uh, I think Drew didn't want to do uh, or go without a show at all. Because uh, there is a lot. We like doing our year in review kind of stuff. And so obviously next week is guess what? New Year's Eve. So there's no good time. So, you know, we we appreciate everyone who, who watches and listens to the show. Whether you're watching on Facebook and YouTube, please hit the thumbs up button wherever you're at. Uh, you know, hopefully you're already following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyBCSN1, the number one. And uh, if you're listening to this show, then you're probably listening to it on the podcast later uh, via the BCSN pod zone. But uh, we want to try to continue to, to keep pushing out content. And so we, we, we realized we had not officially released the BCSN, the Black College Sports Network's national champions, um, which should not be big surprise to many. <clears throat> um, and then also we're going to do our year in review which uh, I put a poll out on Twitter to kind of see would people be more receptive to a year in review by sport or by calendar year. Promise that's uh, not eggnog and it's not, uh, not anything. Although I do need a hot toddy right now. Again, it is probably 60 degrees in the room that I'm at. <clears throat> thus this skull scully here <clears throat> okay so uh again put the poll out to see would you rather have a year in review by uh by sport or by calendar year most people uh poll was overwhelmingly by sport so we said obviously football having just finished up probably easier to talk about the past 2022 as it relates to football so that's what we're Hopefully do a little bit later into the show. Um, but let's name, let's go ahead and officially <clears throat> put out. Let's officially put out our black college national champions. And the one thing that I'm wanting to make sure I don't have the historical, all of the historicals. Uh, on our national champions. I can probably tell you the last couple years. <clears throat> um, but with, uh, uh, we, we we broke ours up into BCSN with the Division One and non-Division One. It used to, non-Division One used to be called under D1. So just to kind of differentiate between a lot of polls out there. And so it is a, a ranking. It is not voted on. It's all computer-based. Uh, you know, the, uh, the algorithm that our power rankings, uh, assigns value to each team's record, strength of schedule, road or neutral site victories and our power ranking. Uh, we, we go through the season after the first four weeks of the year of the football season. And that's when we start. So we don't start with necessarily a preseason poll. And then we get into, you know, naming a poll after, after week four. So, uh, of course, like for many people, let's start with the non-Division One, and our non-Division One uh, champion is none other than the Benedict College Tigers. 
who finished their season 11-1, and 8-0 in the SIC. Uh, they finished the season with the top position in the NCAA Division II Super Region II. Uh, they were the SIC champions. They completed the regular season undefeated, and they were tops in our BCSN computer rankings with 271 total points. And so, uh, you know, congratulations to Coach Chinnis Berry. And there you can see the rankings now. Coming in at number two, and this is this was tight. You look at the total points here. It was Virginia Union who finished nine and two, seven and one. Obviously, they did not make the CIAA championship, but uh, they were pretty much the number one team in our computer rankings up until the point when they lost. You know, so <clears throat> that's pretty much uh, how that how that went for them. So, uh, you know, props to uh, Virginia Union, uh, who had a great season uh, coming in at number two. Number three was Fayetteville State, of course, the CIAA champions after finishing the bridesmaid the previous uh, three to four years. I think four years it was. They finished their season nine and three, eight and one overall. Uh, number four was Tuskegee. Tuskegee came in with an overall record of eight and three, seven and one. Of course, they won three games, eight games in a row. Excuse me, uh, lost in the SIC. By check, Brian. Can you hear me? Uh, after an amazing run during the uh, regular season, and then coming in fifth place was Fort Valley State. Uh, Fort Valley State uh, coming in with an overall record of eight and two. Uh, just missed out. Just missed out on the Division II playoffs. So it's the first national champion for Benedict. Uh, the previous three seasons, well, yeah, the the, pre- the previous three playing seasons had gone to Bowie State. Uh, I check, Brian. Can you hear me? Been a three-peat champion uh, in, in our standings. And so here's Benedict uh, finishing up this year. Number one, and it's kind of interesting to see what might have happened had we actually got our dream matchup of Virginia Union versus Benedict Check one, in two. that first game. So, hey, I'm told AD that they can hear you. Um, I can't hear you, AD. So that's kind of interesting. Appreciate CD <laughs> jumping in there, saying that they can hear AD. I, I hope he's not cursing and, and uh, fussing at anybody in the background. I don't know what he's saying back there. But again, AD, I can't hear you. Um, let's see if I can hear you. Let's try that. Try that now, Drew. Any chance you're talking back there? Bike check Maybe one, two, Brian. You. Bike check one, Hey, two, I hear you, you Drew. Hey, what's I going on, you. man? Hey, Drew, there you go. <laughs> Long time no here. Yeah, yeah, okay. Good good to hear. Uh, yeah. yeah, interesting. So, okay, Drew, so... I heard uh, the whole conversation, so we good. Okay, good deal, good deal. Okay, so uh, we were just showing uh, Benedict College as our Division One. The history, uh, prior to, correct me if I'm wrong, Bowie's been the last three playing season champions. Is that correct? Was Correct. everybody before that? I'm trying to recall where we. No, that Bowie was the first year that we uh that we decided to do it. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we've only been doing the polls for probably the last five years. Yeah, so that's about five seasons. And, of course, we did have the COVID year, which technically we did not do a poll. We did not do, even though schools in the FCS played and, you know, uh, other other organizations named Alabama A&M champion, we, we did not issue any type of champion during the COVID year of, uh, what was that, 2021. 2020 2020 season. Yeah, the 2020 season, which they played in the spring of 21. So that was the one year we did not do a poll over these last five years. So Benedict is our first champion other than Bowie State. Uh, So congratulations again to Coach Dennis Perry. On the Division I side, uh, it was, uh, you know, I, I said this before the show, Drew, or before we even got to this point, it'd been a long time since we had an undisputed one versus two. I think there was one of those years where you had A&T and Alcorn that came into the celebration bowl as one versus two. And so this, this going into it, we had undisputed Jackson state who had been number one from, from beginning of the season, from the preseason polls all the way uh, up until they weren't at the end of the year. Central had been a strong number two, even when they kind of, lost a couple of games there in a, in the middle of their season, they still found their way back into the number two spot. And so we just had a natural one versus two showdown. The game was settled on the field, instant classic, great game. And so North Carolina central uh, is our division one uh, HBCU football national champion after their 41 to 34 overtime uh, victory. Um, Central earned the top computer rating by accumulating 329 points through the season. Um, of course, they are the champions of the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference and uh, won the Celebration Bowl. So I, I'm sure I, I think that is the it's been a long time since we've had an undisputed champion uh but uh i think central is definitely undisputed i i don't think it you know so outside of central at one and second you had jackson state and two of course finishing second in the celebration bowl uh famu finished third nine and two a and t north carolina a and t finished fourth and alabama state finish fifth now drew what's interesting that top five right there were only seven division one teams that finished with a winning winning record so there's five of them right there can you name the other two offhand just oh well see now you cheated <laughs> <laughs> now i was trying to do i was trying to go trivia with you and uh but you just put it up there so yeah. Uh, what are your what are your what's your thoughts, Drew, on that? That only seven Division One teams are actually, you know, have winning records. What are my thoughts about it? It is the uh, it's unfortunate. That's the best way to put it. It is unfortunate that there are only seven out of twenty. Is it twenty one? 
21. Yes, yeah, 21. 21. So one-third of our teams finished with winning records. Now, Brian, do you think part of that is because the MEAC only plays a five-game conference schedule? So they weren't able to beat up on each other and accumulate some victories, having to go out and play non-HBCU opponents in the BAC. Possibly, the I fact that Howard and a the fact that Howard and A and T are in what are perceived more competitive conferences. Uh, although A and T had a good run in their conference, I said Howard. I meant to say Hampton. Hampton's move to the CAA was not fruitful in their conference season, so they were not able to accumulate conference wins. Because when you take a look at this, Brian, the, the difference is the non-conference. How it goes 4-1 and one in conference, but they go 5-6 and six overall. So... Well, I, the, but here's the what, thing, Drew. Here, what is this? Yeah. What is this? Here, here's about what it says. The MEAC, half of your season is non-conference games. Over okay. half. Well, I, okay, yeah. Six out right. of 11. 11. 11 games, six out of 11. So, yeah, over half are non-conference. Uh, right. And most of the schools are outside of Central. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, outside of Central, did anybody else have a winning record in the MIAC. In the MIAC? That would yeah, be a negative. I don't think it, Yeah. So, not, so not, basically. Not only that, let, let me take that one step further. Outside of Central, I believe every MIAC team played an FBS, which is almost a guaranteed loss. Right. So, yeah. chalk, the, chalk, chalk those up. Everybody at the MIAC played either Lynchburg. I believe everybody, yes, everybody played Lynchburg except for there was Lynchburg played four of the six MEAC teams, so that was that was one of those non-conference victories, and most other teams played a D two team. So, right. you know, that balances out that FBS loss that they have. So that means that outside of Central, we. We weren't competitive in the MEAC when it comes to FCS competition. How interesting not... is it? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, go I was just going to say, how interesting is it that we usually bust on the SWAC for their non-conference successes or failures? This year, I think the SWAC did quite admirably with their non-conference successes and it was the MIAC who actually came up, you know, overall on the short end in terms of, you know, getting wins, getting W's in the non-conference, you know? Uh, that would be correct, Brian. And it, I mean, you, you hit it on here. And when you compare that to the next five in the non-division one, oops, wrong graph. Look at their out-of-conference record for the next five that we have. Look at their right. overall records. Everybody right. in the second five in the non-division one was 500 or better. Yeah. So everybody, 
and and of course, what you're showing people is uh, the final uh, the final top ten there of the non-division one, which I, I didn't mention, but the the final five, uh, six through ten, rounded out Albany State, Virginia State, Bowie State, Savannah State, Langston. Is that how the that's how the top ten ended uh, for this for this season? Yeah, so that's a big storyline going into next year. The MEAC will have to improve their non-conference success rate. Um, so that'll be that'll they, be something to pay attention to. There's also A&T going into the CAA, a more competitive, tougher conference than the Big South that they that they dominated the last couple of years. So does that bring A&T down to that Mendoza line, that 500 line? What about Tennessee State? Does Tennessee State get over the hurdle in the Ohio Valley slash Big South now? Because right. the Big South doesn't have enough teams to compete, so they've combined those two conferences for a playoff bid. So can A&T pick – I mean, can TSU pick up some wins right there? A lot, a lot of moving parts going to be going on with, with these uh, schedules here, Brian. Okay. Do uh, Since we had so many difficulties here in the beginning, do you want to take a break before we do our football year in review, or do you want to jump right into it? What, what's your thoughts here? What do you want to do? Uh, let's get a break. I want to make sure we've got everything on the back end. Since we are off script now, I need to know exactly where we are on the script so we can continue on and uh, so we can prepare to pick up this show and get out of here as soon as we can. Uh, exactly, because I think I, I think the temperature has dropped a, a degree or two since I've been where I am. And again, if you see, if you see, uh, uh, okay, no, so there's no, there's <laughs> no a- cold air coming. I'm not yet. <laughs> Not yet. I swear I have space heaters on in this room that I'm in, but it's just cold. Uh, So, yeah. All right, let's step away. Take a break. You're watching the BCSN Sports Wrap, our year in review for football. We'll be back in just a moment.
This is the BCSN Pod Zone, your place for the news, views, and conversations about all things related to HBCU athletics. Here are the BCSN Sports Wrap, Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, Knights of the Roundtable, The Pregame Show, The Carlos Brown Show, The ONG Strike Zone, and more in one place. We are changing the way you consume HBCU sports one broadcast at a time. Hey, welcome back to the BCSN Sports Wrap. Brian Fulford and A.D. Drew here. Uh, happy holidays. Uh, Merry Christmas Eve uh, is when we're recording this. Merry Christmas and happy Kwanzaa. Or just, hey, thanks for joining us. Uh, whether you celebrate the holidays or not, uh, hopefully you get time to spend with your friends, family, and loved ones um, and, uh, you know, enjoy this time. We obviously, we wanted to do this show in place of our normal show that we do Sunday nights, because Sunday nights is Christmas, and then next Sunday is New Year's, so I don't think we're doing a show next Sunday night, so we'll have to, we'll have to plan around that too, so I don't don't know, Drew, we'll we'll figure it out. Now that that one, I may not be opposed to doing New Year's Eve night, I don't know, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it later. But uh, what we wanted to do the, is depends on to, what you normally do on New Year's Eve night. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I appreciate you, C. Lee. Yeah, well, I don't know if it's forty-five degrees. I'll tell you what, it's less than forty-five degrees outside here in uh, the Atlanta metro area. I, I know that, <laughs> and so in this room where I'm at, it is probably I'd, I'd say conservatively sixty, maybe fifty-five. Thankfully, there's no wind blowing. So, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> hey, hey everybody, right. why, don't you, why don't you put it to the chat how cold it is where you are at? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Let us know how cold it is or, you know, send us a, send us a tweet uh, at uh, DRB365 or at BCSN Drew. Uh, or if you're watching on Facebook or uh, Twitter, let us know. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube as well. Let us know what's the temperature like. Obviously, this cold front has swept through. Even back in my hometown of Orlando, Drew, it's like 30 degrees down there. <clears throat> so it was a it's a balmy 21 here where I live at, Brian. Yeah, man. God bless you. God bless you. I'm not far from you. Okay, let's get into the year in review. This is the football year in review. So we're going to go back month by month, kind of spotlighting some of the news and things that happened over the course of the 2022 year uh, from January all the way to December. And so when we get into uh, January, Drew, a lot of uh, just administrative things happened. I, I would probably say the the biggest news uh, might have been the fact that uh, Hampton University, I almost called them Institute, Hampton University announced that they were going to move to the CAA, the Colonial Athletic Association, and which would have made it their, 
what third third such move in, in five years in five years uh going yes. from obviously the MIAC to the big south it, to the colonial no, uh, MIAC independent big south colonial okay yeah i guess they would have been were they a year independent yes okay okay Good point. Um, so yeah, that that was uh, and 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 then all the articles that came out, you know, said Hampton. That's what they wanted. Hampton always, their previous president who had been there for years, dreamed. I, which is odd to me. I, I don't, but you know, that's another story, another conversation. I'm sure as to why Hampton, who was in the CIAA at one time. Uh, wanted to separate from HBCUs. But anyway, uh, so it'll be interesting to see how Hampton's move, uh, we'll get into talking about what the domino effect, obviously, from Hampton's move. Uh, we also had uh, new coaches in new places. Head coach Willie Slater drew after how many years at Tuskegee? 16. 16, just kind of quietly. And I believe that was 17, but 16 on the sideline because of COVID. Quietly left Tuskegee at the end of 2021. And I say quietly because there should have been a bigger fanfare for Willie Slater. Drew, what's the backstory? Any backstory on why there was never a big fanfare for Coach Slater when he left? I th- I, uh, when you get to the end of a run, I think everybody knows it's time. Uh, th- that's the best thing to say. The interesting thing about that is going back to December, when November, when November 21, when Slater announced he was no longer going to be serving as athletic director. Some were assuming that they were going to bring in an athletic director to take the administration administrative portion of the job away from him and still allow him to be the head football coach but we saw in december when coach Reggie ruffin was announced uh that that was not the case and the interesting thing about it dr boris dr charlotte boris who is the current president of tuskegee is the person who appointed willie slater as the at that time the interim athletic director when she was the interim president of the university she uh then she uh, later named him president but she was the interim so she left there was another president in between and then that didn't work out so two years later dr boris is called upon once again to become the president of tuskegee university who's still her athletic director, Coach Slater. So, I, you know, somewhere in those two, three years in between that, some things kind of soured. I think there was some pressure from alumni to make make a change. So that that's what, th- that's what happened. Uh, you know, staff had turned over tremendously during those three years. So when you have the additional task of being athletic director along with head coach and your staff has turned over during that time started a successful formula for victory. 
Yep, and so popped up in January. You look up and say, oh, Willie Slater's back on the sideline with Clark. <laughs> and uh, very surprising to many of us. Uh, but uh, it sounds like he was very pleased uh, with, uh, I remember the press conference and some of the quotes. He was very pleased with some of the amenities that Clark had, which it sounded like he wasn't getting from Tuskegee. And so it was quite noticeable <laughs> that he was happy with what he was getting. And I, and I think Clark had an improvement. He, he got year. lights. <laughs> right? He got right. a he real locker room. Light. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so not a, like, not hey, a double look, wide uh, for a locker room. Right, right, exactly. So, uh, hey, y'all, I, uh, I can talk about my university because I, I went there. Right. There was an improvement from Clark this past year. So uh, they, they definitely look like a, a better, well-coached uh, team this past year with Coach Slater. I think we look for a big growth going into 2023. Also in the SWAT, I believe the last head coach to be named uh, in the offseason was Bubba McDowell, uh, the, who was an assistant coach. Uh, he was named the head coach at Prairie View in January. Of course, you know, uh, Coach Dooley had left Prairie View to go back to Southern um, back in December of 2021. And so that left kind of the last opening in uh, January for Bubba McDowell to to come on board. And then one other note from January, commissioner, former commissioner of the MEAC, Dennis Thomas, went into the College Football Hall of Fame in January. So sort of a, a, a great send-off uh, after many long years and service, not only to the MEAC, but black college football. Obviously, uh, Commissioner Thomas's legacy uh, being the Celebration Bowl. So it was kind of nice to see him get that recognition in the highest uh, obviously, he had already been named to the Black College Football Hall of Fame, but then to be recognized at the national level was was pretty nice uh, there. All right, Drew, moving into February, uh, got a couple other, another coaching hire, which was kind of late, but it turned out to be a good choice for this school. Fort Valley State ended up uh, announcing Sean Gibbs as their new head coach in February. So Sean Gibbs became the new head coach coming over from North Carolina A&T. And as we found out, Drew, that that turned out to be a great hire. And that was after Maurice uh, Flowers left Fort Valley and moved over to Johnson C, which I believe he is an alumnus of Johnson C. Smith. Right, right. Uh, of course, Gibbs ended up taking Fort Valley State to eight and two. Um, I, I knew going into the year that he had a good running back in Emmanuel Wilson. He had a good quarterback, uh, and that that team was going to be a tough out. And I turned out to be kind of right on that, Drew. Um, but uh, Fort Valley will be one of those favorites next year in the SIC. I would say, wouldn't you? Definitely uh, should be a favorite SIAC. You know, it's going to be interesting with the new schedule model that uh, announced in the SIAC, how that really affects the the Alabama uh, Invitational in in the West, where Tuskegee and Miles pretty much have won the West, I believe, like 
12 out of 13 years with Kentucky State getting in there one time, but they've always been in the SIEC championship game. So, you know, can, can you imagine, Brian, a replay of the Fountain City Classic as the SIEC championship game or a replay of Tuskegee Biles as the SIEC championship game. These are some of the things that can happen with this new uh, with this new schedule format. But uh, I guarantee you, there's going to be somebody named Kelvin Durham from Fort Valley who's going to say something about that, uh, being the fact that he will be a redshirt sophomore next year. Yes, yes. Thank you for making sure I. I couldn't think of Durham's first name, so I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to just uh, throw it out there. But uh, also in February, the other big news from February uh, conference churning. Uh, the previous month, Hampton decided to leave the Big South. Well, guess what? A and T decided to do the same thing as North Carolina A and T decided to pull up stakes and move from the Big South to the Colonial as well. Now they decided to do it in every sport but football. So. This fall, obviously, this past year was their last year playing football in the Big South, and but all their other sports moved over to the Colonial for this academic year, and so now the Colonial sits with a conference of about what fifteen schools, and they've got Hampton A and T. It's like fourteen or fifteen uh, once all the shuffling is done. Okay, all right. Um, March was Which a would bit make of a them the largest. Month. Aren't they the largest FCS conference now? No, I think they may have just as many now as the what is it? That Big West or Missouri Valley? Big Sky. I think they all, all right, have Valley. 14th. Yeah, something like right. that. Right. I know the SWAC is third. I do know that. Right. Uh, in March was a bit of a slow news month. Uh, the big news, though came with Damon Wilson choosing to leave Bowie State and go to Morgan State. So after another three-peat at Bowie State, another successful run in the playoffs, uh, 10 years, I believe, at his alma mater, uh, Damon Wilson decided to take his talents to Baltimore and see what he could do at Morgan State. Um, and that was a move that definitely shook up, uh, was a big, big, shook up a lot of places, was a big shakeup in a lot of places, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Um, just because we kind of wondered, you know, would what would it take for Damon Wilson to leave Bowie? But then you kind of, he had a lot of things in place, and, you know, you, you kind of, I mean, that's a top-notch program at Bowie State, and so he he definitely left it in uh, in good shape. So, uh, any other any anything you want to add on that before we get into April, Drew? I mean, let's just think about uh, the coach there at uh, at Bowie State, and I know I'm trying to think why his name escapes me right now. The current uh, coach at Bowie State. Yes. Oh. Okay. What about uh, the, the, he, fa- the fact that he went from linebacker coach, I believe, to defensive coordinator to head coach 
in about a four week time span. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, I, I'm trying to. I think it's. Uh, uh, you got. You got me here. See, when I when I was sitting here trying to pull it up here, we'll get it right. I think it's Williams, uh, Bowie State. Let's see if somebody can can beat us to it. My fingers are frozen here where I'm at, Drew. So I'm just going to tell you now. My fingers are literally frozen trying to type this up now. Uh, Kyle Jackson, who Kyle took Jackson. over. Kyle Jackson was an assistant. One, one in, in, in literally a week, Kyle Jackson went from like the DB coach to the DC to the interim head coach in like a week. Um, and did pretty good this year. I mean, actually, Bowie State had a good season. So it'll be interesting to see if they stick with uh, Coach Jackson going into um, the year. But they didn't make that decision with Coach Jackson until, uh, in terms of being the head coach until May. So Bowie did take some time uh, to make that decision. And uh, they, they chose to stay in-house a little bit with that move. All right, quickly, Drew, we got to move here because it's cold. Uh, in April... We had four HBCU players drafted by NFL teams. Of course, you know, you had uh, all of the things that happened in March. Uh, we probably left out stuff like the HBCU Legacy uh, Bowl, the debut of that game, which was a success. You obviously had the combine-type things that happened. Uh, a lot of players, uh, pro days that happened at, at a lot of various campuses. So after a, nearly a year of inactivity uh it was really good to see heading into the april draft the recognition start to flutter in and you know if you want to uh you if you want to give that credit to uh coach prime being very vocal as he was you can but there was also a lot of great talent and a lot of great opportunities that were put in place. Uh, so those players were, again, you had Joshua Williams from Fort Valley or Fayetteville State, excuse me, who got drafted by the Chiefs. James Houston of Jackson State got drafted by the Lions. Jacoby Durant of South Carolina State got drafted by the Rams. And Tyree Carter of Southern got drafted by the Chicago Bears. So, Drew, uh, as we're in sort of the off-season mode, I'm going to ask for a prediction because I think we were doing like over and under uh, for draft picks. If I set the – okay, so last year you had four. I'm going to set the line at four and a half for 2023. Do you think we'll have more or less players drafted in 2023? I'm going under. Okay. Okay. Second question, part two: Will it be equal to what was done in twenty twenty two, or less? And you, you know, you caught me off guard with this one, Brian. I'm no, really trying to see outside of Isaiah Land and who's eligible that has a realistic shot. Because the only reason I'm saying that is most of the superstars of HBCUs. Football this year were underclassmen, so I'm really I, I really have to take a pause and see, like I said, outside of Land, who's really out there is Aubrey Miller. And you got Miller and Land; those are about the only two that I could really think of 
off the top of my head? Um. Yeah, I mean, I don't think you you got names that might declare. Um, I, I don't care about so, declaring. I'm talking about with a realistic shot. No offense to those who are well, going to declare. Well, but if a guy like Shaq Davis, if a guy like Shaq Davis declares, I believe you don't think he I has believe one Shaq shot? Davis. I think Shaq Davis only has. Does he? Is he draft eligible this year? No. Uh, I believe he's draft eligible. He's. I think he's a, either like a redshirt junior. You know. Or, or what's J.D. Okay. Kiss Bonds might even be draft eligible. Yeah, I mean, those are two big receivers uh, for, for Hampton, uh, J.D. Kiss Bonds for Hampton. So, I mean, that's just And like I say, I'm, and I'm, you caught me off guard. So I didn't – I haven't really had a chance to do any type of research on that to see who's draft eligible yeah. and, you know, see what kind of draft stock they may have. All right, let's move on here. Let's move on into August. It was a slow summer. So if we if you feel like we missed anything in May, June, July, let us know. <clears throat> because we just skipped no, no right conference turning. April to August. Yeah, no conference turning. So if there's anything that happened that you guys can recall that happened in May, no June, COVID. July, send us send a note. Yeah. Uh the first bit of news from August. We had a new SIAC oh, commissioner. I do I do have one Anthony Holliman. Brian, I do have one we missed in the summertime. Is okay. it the summertime when all the stuff with uh, the Southern Heritage Classic started blowing up? Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, that's when all that happened. Well, that that would I think that may have gone on back in April sometime. Okay, maybe early May. Okay, so I, I just saw in the that note, the Southern uh, Heritage Classic. The, the the uh whatever the class the SWAT classic that was to be played in Birmingham that was delayed for a year to replace the Southern Heritage Classic for Jackson State uh, for the Jackson State Southern game so that all kind of happened over the summer I'm sorry go ahead oh and 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 no 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 because that oh well, what else that brought up that brought up actually a lawsuit that brought up a pending lawsuit don't forget as a result of that SWAT classic. That uh, that came to fruition via uh, UEN and HBCU League Pass Plus uh, because of, and this happened during the Legacy Bowl, so this would have been late February, March. March. Yeah, so actually, when the whole Southern Heritage stuff happened, that broke around February, March. Right. Uh, so yeah, you had you had that process of the alleged tampering with sponsors uh which then led to this whole and, and really if i can say what was the story of 2022 drew i would say hbcu coming to an understanding about what media rights was okay what is and what aren't media rights that became an over talked about topic in 2022 and so that all started as a result of what that lawsuit and the southern heritage classic which then led to the swat classic which then led to the lawsuit so anyway that that's a long string to untangle uh, and it did lead into a uh, decision on that lawsuit too, which uh, maybe we'll talk about next week. Um, 
But all right, so back to can we get back to August? Can we go? Are we anything else that we can right. think of from the summer? Uh, that's it. All right. For me. All right. Let's go through. Let's go through. Let's go through uh, August. Okay, August. New commissioner of the SIC, Anthony Holloman. You are very familiar with Anthony Holloman, um, and so he took over as the new SIC commissioner uh, in August. And uh, then, sure enough, Drew, it's time for some football games. And man, did we have drama at the beginning of the year? Did we not? <laughs> um, we had. You know, on the before one down was even played. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before a down was even played, uh, we had compliance issues at Florida A and M to start the season, which uh, uh, impacted their Week Zero game against North Carolina. Many people uh, wondered whether the team was going to actually even play that game. Uh, a lot of attention was bought to brought out and up about some of the issues that were going on in at FAMU. Of course, AD Courtney Gaucher had been let go. There's another story that we missed. Uh, he had been let go back in April. And April. so FAMU was dealing with uh, interim AD and a lot of staff that had left. Just a lot of just stuff. Um, and so a lot of a lot of stuff happened in those first two weeks for the FAMU football team. And there was a lot of excitement. And Brian, call. The Gaucher the story actually goes back to the media rights story that we just got through talking about. It does. It does. It does. So again, I, when I come back to thinking about the story of 2022, it had to be the media rights yarn. Maybe we'll just do a, a podcast about that whole yarn of media rights and how, how that, who, who it affected and what did it affect? Because that might be the overall HBCU story of 2022, right? Um, but yeah, so fam, you had to deal with a lot of that going into that game. Um, they they somehow find a way to get some players on the field. They played the game. They they performed well. I mean, I mean, with, they were within one touchdown going into that fourth quarter against North Carolina. Um, so, uh, but but there is more to come with that story in the following week and. Uh, we'll get into it in just a second. Uh, North Carolina Central won the Miak Swack Challenge against Alabama State in the, the game in that August. would not end thanks to the weather. Matter of fact, the game that yeah. never officially ended thanks to the weather was called with yeah. about uh, 90 seconds left in the game. After a rain that, Yeah, I was going to say, what time did that game more? start and when did it end, Drew? What time was it scheduled to start or what time did it start? It was scheduled I, to start there, so at you, seven o'clock. Tell us. It it was scheduled to start at seven oh seven p.m. You know they always start at seven after the hour when the game's on TV for some odd reason. Okay, but the game actually didn't start to about seven forty something. Then we had a rain delay in the middle of the first quarter, about eight something. It took us. Uh, oh, it took us almost two hours or something something ridiculous like that to play a quarter. Uh, game finally was called at 1.32 a.m. in the morning after the third lightning delay of the day. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah, so that, uh, that all occurred in August. Hey, uh, Edwin Moore drops a great nugget here. 
He said, because of the FAMU AD and compliance issues, we learned everyone's level of compliance uh, employees. We learned that we learned that everybody's got issues, or or at least we learned who doesn't have issues, who has proper and staffing. Why? Right. And we also learned why some 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 schools sit better than other ones because of prior uh, compliance issues. Yep. Well said. Well said. Okay. Moving into September. We got to move here, Drew. It's getting cold. My fingers are turning blue. Um, <laughs> September. I'm no lie. Look at these things, man. These things are blue. Uh, gloves, in September, right? we call gloves. I don't have gloves. I'm, I'm a Florida kid. Oh, that's right. You're a Floridian. Florida. I'm a Floridian. Okay. I don't have gloves. Okay. Um, all right. In September, we learned that Marquise Bell uh, of Florida A&M University made the Dallas Cowboys 53-man roster as an undrafted free agent. Uh, I believe Joshua Williams made the Chiefs um, uh, uh, of the uh, Houston, made the Lions. Made the practice, made the practice squad of the Lions. The practice at squad, point. yeah, we did end up seeing later him later called in up. the year. The Kobe Durant yep, so made the Rams. Kobe Durant made the Rams, yep. Uh, so, yeah, congrats to all those guys. But I think Bell was the one who many people thought Bell should have gotten drafted, but he ended up being signed as an undrafted free agent, made his way there after some great performance in preseason. Then in September, we had the Orange Blossom Classic. And so after the heels of FAMU's game against North Carolina, the the beating that just never stopped was Jackson State beating FAMU 59-3. Uh, I don't think – Anybody could have – I mean, I know Jackson State folks, you know uh, – and here's the funny thing. I remember talking to Bishop, Charles Bishop. He felt like that game could either be a close game or a blowout. And and he wasn't just giving hyperbole, you know, but he he was right. Um, and, you know, they just – and who knows? We, we can chalk it up to, to a lot of things, but – Mentally, FAMU wasn't there, and it affected people's perception of FAMU at the end of the season as they missed out on the playoffs because of that 59-3 loss. A year ago, Jackson State beat FAMU 7-6, and everybody kind of thought Jackson State and FAMU were equal. Well, when you lose to somebody 59-3, to and even though Jackson State is the number one team and FAMU is the number three People always went back to what fifty nine to three, Drew, and so it's it's hard to overcome that, right? Yes, hard to overcome that. Uh, other big things that happened in September. How about <clears throat> uh, North Carolina Central beating North Carolina A and T in Charlotte for the first time, and I think the last five seasons, maybe four or five times, uh, in that Aggie Eagle Classic in front of 35,798 people in Charlotte's, uh, I don't know what they call that stadium that the Panthers play in, but that was the largest attended crowd to see. BB&T uh, or something like that. Yeah, something like that. But uh, a great crowd, uh, a great day, great game uh, for it. For, and and that's, that, was a, that was a jumping off point there, was it not? A big jumping off point there for – North Carolina Central. Uh, Hampton, later on in September, 
beat Howard for the sixth consecutive time. And so, you know, the real HU is Hampton. It was Hampton. Well, you put it like this. Over the last, what, 20 years, Drew, it's kind of been Hampton. <clears throat> um, they have owned this series. What was that number you came up with when we were looking up or recalling? 29 and 3. Number? I want to say it was 29 <laughs> and 3 over the last 30, so like 32 games. It wasn't that. Was it really 29 and 3? I thought it was like 16 and 3. 29? No, it couldn't have been that. Okay. If it were 29 right now. and 3, there is no way. There is Excuse no me. way how to run smack. 19 okay, to well, 4. That's just as bad. <laughs> that's just as bad. <laughs> yeah, 19 to 4 period. over the last 23. Good God. Good God, man. Yeah, so the the Hampton uh continues to beat up on Howard, as I call him Howard. No H, silent H, Howard. Uh, you, uh, uh, you had gave him their uh, former name. You told him to go back oh, to their former that's name. that's right. Yeah, I don't even remember what that was. It was like, I don't know. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll I'm sure the jokes will return in September 2023. And then also in September, how about Tuskegee? Tuskegee, Tuskegee. T- you. you know, winning their 700th. <laughs> 700. We waited a long time for that 700, Drew, didn't we? Uh, you had yes. that story in the can for like months. Uh, <laughs> but Tuskegee won their 700th football game. And then after losing the first two games of the regular season, then ran off seven more games, seven more wins after number 700. And uh, like I said, really rejuvenated people's warm feelings. Uh, they re- They renovated the stadium. They put field turf down. They reopened up the the shed. Uh, it was a great homecoming in late October. Uh, it didn't end. The season didn't end. A true away, homecoming. Sure. A true homecoming in October. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, congratulations to Coach Ruffin and every. I mean, a great send off. I you know I think Ruffin is one of the great coaches in college football. Uh, I hate to see that he won't be on the sideline, but I know he's going to be doing. Uh, some great work in the administrative offices and things like that. And, and he's going to get, he's going to help continue to grow Tuskegee back to their place of prominence uh, within uh, college football. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's, hey, let's hey Brian, before we, sure. Before we move to October, uh, Edward uh, Moore asked, how close is Bowie to Morgan? I believe, cause I've, I've actually made that ride from Baltimore to, Morgan, I think it's like 35 miles or something like that, but it's about maybe an hour drive from uh, Bowie, Maryland to uh, Baltimore, Maryland. Okay. All right, moving into October. Uh, first big story, October 2nd, Lane College, Division Two SIC, goes on the road, knocks out to Tennessee State. I think it was homecoming for Tennessee State. No, John um, Mary Classic. Okay, John Mayer Class. It was their first home game of the year. They hadn't played in a home Hale. game. First home yeah. game at Hill in like uh pre-pandemic. Right, but they hadn't played a homecoming. They hadn't played a home game that entire season, correct? That so, I don't know. I don't uh, know if they had played a Nissan. I'm pretty or not. sure. I feel like no, they, they they didn't. They didn't. I'm pretty sure. But Lane went on the road, uh beat Tennessee State. That was a crazy game the way it went down. Uh, Lane going for two in overtime. 
uh, props to them. Um, also, Benedict College, at this point in October, won their fourth game in a row and at that point had done something which had never been done before in the program history, which is to win four games uh, in a row to begin the season. And then every game after that was historic. Uh, all the way up until the 11th one when they won uh, the SIC. And uh, so uh, that was just an amazing run to watch uh, for Benedict having the historic unbeaten regular season. But it all started uh, after they got that third one, right? Correct. <laughs> um, defending MEAC champion, South Carolina State. Uh, they ended up, basically, you saw them kind of lose their crown in October. As their only win, I think, in that month came against North Carolina Central, surprisingly. Their last win of the season. They opened up the conference 1-0 and and then lost every other game after that. That's crazy. That's crazy. <clears throat> and then, of course, the the <clears throat> the biggest you ain't story, swag, Brian. Uh, you ain't swag. I am swag. I am. Look, you see this right here? We swag. That's that's, um, the, that's Coach Eddie, the the lead up <laughs> to the Alabama State homecoming game, which featured Jackson State. I you can see it coming a mile away. As Coach Prime had already in his pressers had said, "Man, we are so excited." to be uh to be to be invited to their homecoming and he really hyped it up some disrespectful stuff uh, 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 uh in the viewpoint of coach Eddie Robinson and his players Jackson State would go on to get the win Alabama State drew great numbers but what we got was the post game press conference of the year uh as the the post game handshake turned out not to be so much uh it turned out to be this this thing and then coach robinson dropped the he ain't swack i'm swack of course referencing his history as not Who only a player swack and then yes and then, and then coach prime coming back with uh his his great line of who is swack if i ain't swack uh many people kind of took the whole thing as it may, I, I, I heard Neely from the t-shirt uh, the man made show. a whole bunch of money. Yeah. The pre the t-shirt man made a lot of money, but it also brought up an interesting conversation, which really didn't get as much steam as maybe it probably deserved, which was the, uh, I think Neely thought it was kind of coded in, uh, and just the way it was said and what it meant. But at the end of the day, Drew, <laughs> when it, it, it turned out to be so prophetic by what Coach Robinson said and what happened two months later that, uh, you know, I don't know. What, what What's your take on that uh, that moment in time? Oh, that was, that was a media frenzy. I mean, you had non-HBCU media picking up on this particular story because of the controversy and everything that went on behind it. I was actually at Alabama State the day after He Ain't Swack happened. 
I was there when they were going back and forth on the uh, the press release in response to it, where Coach Rob had to apologize to everybody, but Coach Prime in the uh, but, now, but but but, but why was he? But, but let's let people know why he was apologizing. He was apologizing for his language, not for what he said, because he did cuss. Not his language. Not his language. Yeah, he 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 apologized. For for cursing during the no 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 uh no. press conference no he, no he yes. no he I thought he apologized for the language that his players were using on the field that, which was very documented that, and, and recorded and, right and and also his language in the press conference okay I didn't he hear owned, him cussing he, the press he owned it okay he he owned okay. it he but I think he, he apologized he was apologizing also on that, behalf of. The language that his players yeah. used, which Correct. was recorded, right? Correct. Correct. But as far as the gist of what he said, why he said it, and how he said it, no. He yeah. never apologized for that. And no, uh, no, nor should he. Words. That's how he felt. No, no, no. Two wrongs can be right. No, there was no right. There was no wrong. Right, exactly. So I, I think two sides, and maybe I should have said it differently, two sides of that coin could have been right. And I, I think both men were right and wrong in what they said and did. Uh, so again, that was one of the highlights that we look at. If you if you summarize moments, that moment has got to be a top five moment of the year. Top five moment of the year, no doubt, hands down. All right, moving into November, Drew. This moment might be also a top five moment. College game day decided to come to Jackson State, to come to Jackson, Mississippi, uh, on the eve of, on the Saturday morning of the Boombox Classic, Jackson State versus Southern One. Of course, those teams would play a second time in the championship game, but it was the first meeting in November. Uh, great crowd, great, uh, great momentum. Uh, you know, so that that was a that was a good thing to see. Uh, also in November, about Virginia Union. I mean, shockingly, losing at home to Shawan. I mean, we had pretty much all but penciled Virginia Union into the CIAA championship game uh, as winning the North. Uh, they had gone out and beaten. On the road, check these road wins. They went out on the road and beat Valdosta State, who was ranked number two at the time. They beat Fayetteville State on the road uh, in a North versus South cross-divisional matchup. They beat Bowie State on the road. So they had just gone on the road and beaten three teams, right? Three teams. And yet they had later in the year, they were traveling to Virginia State. And we kind of all looked past this game against Shawan. And just turnovers, burned them, and Shawan won the game, ended up winning the North, went to the championship game, and kind of left Virginia Union kind of out in the cold. Uh, fortunately for Union, their body of work up to that point, I think that was, what, week nine? Their body of work up to that point, their body of work had earned them a playoff spot, but they really missed out on a chance on getting to that championship game. Uh, of the CIAA again in a rematch against Fayetteville State, as it turned out. Um, it should be noted, Jada Byers of Virginia Union became the top or was the top running back in the nation. 
Uh, at one point, even though he's in Division Two, he had more rushing yards than any player in Division One or Two. Uh, was a first-team All-American, the sophomore. I mean, all I saw was great credit given to his offensive line and his coaches all year. Uh, Jada Byers, man, player, one of the players of the year, I'm sure the candidates, when we get into naming and doing all that stuff, he will be in the running. Uh, your thoughts, anything you want to add into that about that moment? All I'm going to say, if it wasn't for Jada Byers, we'd be talking about Emmanuel Wilson of Fort Valley State as the top running back in Division II football amongst HBCU backs. And while you're playing, Emmanuel Wilson was top five in the nation also. So we had two top yes. five backs who just garnered uh, and ran for HBCUs this season. Now, Wilson may have felt fallen out with the playoffs, but uh, prior to the playoffs, Emmanuel Wilson was sitting at number five. Right. Uh, also in November, Fayetteville State uh, finally got the monkey off their back, winning the CIAA championship after being there the previous four seasons. Uh, they had just lost uh, the they had lost the last four years in the champions. Uh, they had won their nor- uh, South Division title for the fifth consecutive year. Um, they finally got the win uh, as they beat Shawan. A big sigh of relief by everybody because, you know, uh, Shawan being a non-HBCU school in the CIAA, uh, trust me, everybody was like, whoo, thank God, Fayetteville State for y'all winning. Hold on. Hold on to December. Uh, put a pin in that one to December, Brian. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> uh, also in the month of November, how about Florida well, a We talked about them. Uh, all right. Go ahead. What? What were you going to ask? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, go to the Florida a yeah, I'm just moving down the bullet list. I'm telling you, I'm cold, Drew. I'm just trying to move it down the list. Yeah. Uh, FAMU would end up winning nine straight games after they beat Bethune-Cookman there in the Florida Classic. Again, go back to Jackson State loss, 59-3, to 0-2. All the Rattlers did was go off and win nine straight games under head coach Willie Simmons for the third consecutive year. Uh, winning nine games under Coach Simmons. This year, unfortunately, Florida A&M was not selected into the NCAA FCS playoffs. And why? 59-3. Among other stuff that they tried to say, but let's be real. When it came down to it, they looked at that 59-3, to and that weighed on a lot of people's mind. Brian, who has has the nation's longest win streak amongst HBCU football? Games overall? Who has the nation's current longest winning streak? I don't know, Drew. Who does? Florida A&L with nine in a row. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Would have been Jackson State with 12 previously, right? Yes. Okay. Florida A&L owns the nation's longest uh, winning streak, current winning streak. Is that FCS, really? Or just in Uh, general? uh, 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 HBCU football. No. Oh, okay. Yes. Thank you. HBCU football. Like, clarify for me. I must have HBCU missed you football. When you said that. Uh huh. Also, in November, Drew, we cannot, we can't dismiss the wild, wild Swack West. So, Brian, <laughs> um, tell us how you can how, tell us how you can buy your way into the Swack Championship game. Oh, so if you're Southern University and you're sitting at home, 
one game out of first place, and you're kind of in that third, fourth mix, sitting there behind Prairie View, Alcorn State, and uh, even Texas Southern. You're watching those three teams play on your bye week because next week you got to play in the Bayou Classic, and you need a lot of things to break your way in order for you to have a shot. Namely, you need Prairie View to lose. Oh, check mark. Guess that that they did lose. You need Alcorn State to lose. Check mark. That happened too. Which makes then, Texas Southern irrelevant at that point because you well, own the only tiebreaker you own was against Texas Southern, but that does you no good if there's a three-way tie. Well, but well, yeah, and and what was funny is at one point Texas Southern controlled their own destiny because of those other two losses. But then guess what they ended up doing late in the fourth quarter after an injury to their quarterback, Andrew Body, with a two-touchdown lead. They ended up losing the game late in the fourth quarter. Checkmark, they're done. And guess what? Southern went from being kind of, hey, we're just looking forward to playing the Bayou Classic to, yo, the Bayou Classic means more now. It means we can actually go to the SWAC championship game if we beat Grambling in the Bayou. Uh, that was an amazing day to see how it amazing all played day. out, Drew. Brian, you're selling that short, Brian. You're saying that was I an am. amazing I day. I am. That all took place within an hour of clock time from, yes. from the first from the first domino to the third domino falling. All within yeah. a, about an hour. And and uh, yeah. that for us on the East Coast, that all happened between like the three and the four o'clock hour on that particular day. Yeah, and, and I and I, I no lie, I think the Texas Southern one was the most stunning because of the fact that they lost their quarterback late in that fourth quarter, and, and they, they were lost up the by like two well. scores. Yes, they're up they by two scores, and so like the so you lost your quarterback, and then you end up losing. I mean, just the worst of all possible scenarios. Um, where Texas, I mean, just just amazing how that all shook out. Um, but yeah, so Southern ended up coming out on top, winning the Bayou, and won the West. So as put it like this, Drew, as predicted, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's what everybody yes. predicted in the preseason. I don't think anyone predicted how it would happen the way it did. I I, I predicted the five and three. Get out of here. Yes, I did. did. Yes, I did. All right, look at you. Went back and played it on the um, previous show. Okay, all right. I'll go back. I'll go back and look. Hey, uh, okay, so what do we got? North Carolina a and in the hunt for the playoffs, uh, losing the Big South Championship game uh, to Gardner-Webb last game of the regular season. They would finish their season 7-4. and four. And then they would make some changes, which we'll talk about here in a moment. Uh, the Division Two playoff scenarios and outcomes were finally decided. In the region of seven teams, Benedict College ended up getting the number one overall spot. Three HBCUs went into the playoffs out of seven teams. You had two from the SIC. Who was that, Drew? That was Benedict and no, nope, the other back. way around. Two okay, from the CIAA. one from the SIC, two from the CIAA. Yeah, that's right. Fayetteville State and Virginia Union went to the CIAA. Benedict, of course, got the bye. Um, so uh, Fort Valley State ended up being left out 
of the playoffs, and we kind of talked with Coach Gibbs where – and you, you of course, you write for D2Football.com. You laid out a great story. If Fort Valley State had found a way to play somebody, it could have gave them enough juice to actually get into the playoffs and be a fourth team, fourth HBCU team in. Uh, and then sadly, uh, to wrap that all up, uh, all three teams ended up getting blown out in their opening games. Uh, yeah, uh, Virginia Union ran into Wingate, and then Wingate ran through Benedict the next week, and then Fayetteville State lost. Uh, but, but we'll, Fayetteville State you know, I guess, didn't I guess, even get off the plane in Mississippi. Yeah, and I, and I guess, Drew, you could all sum it up to maybe, hey, first time in the playoffs – is is never easy it's never easy and no. so that's kind of kind of what happened first time in ends up being a challenge and uh you know we watched Bowie state work into that right over the last four seasons we watched them yeah. kind of overcome those initial hiccups in the first week to get to the point where they got made it all the way to like a regional final i think right correct Correct. Uh, you know, also, first, one time, of the story from, first time Tuskegee got there, they got blown out in the uh, playoff when Tuskegee was uh, eligible for the playoffs. So, right, right. Uh, one other story from November: Howard, Howard University. Actually, I gave him an H that time, Drew, because they earned a co-champion designation in the MEAC by virtue of finishing four and one in conference play, which was the same as North Carolina Central. Uh, and isn't that overall, isn't that so biakish that your conference co-champion has five wins overall? Yes, they finished five and six overall. Uh, by nature of the fact that Howard lost to North Carolina Central, North Carolina Central was actually the designated team to go to the Celebration Bowl. It kind of worked out well for uh, North Carolina Central, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. All right. December. Here we are at the end of the month. Uh, I'm going to start at the bottom here, Drew, and then, or at least I'm going to bounce around here, kind of go in order as we've seen things over the last month. Uh, North Carolina A&T fired Sam Washington. We say fired. They may have say mutually parted ways, but it sounds like they fired him. Um, I don't know what the official phrase was. Maybe it was parted ways. But anyway, Sam Washington, who took over for Rod Broadway, uh, won a Celebration Bowl and a national championship in his first season, uh, will not get to transition the team to the CAA. And so that'll be interesting to see what happens there. Gabe Giardina, who did a great job at Albany State over the last four or five seasons, left to go to Western Carolina, which is what level is Western Carolina, Drew? FCS. Okay, so moving up from Division Two to FCS, Gabe Giardina, watch out for Western Carolina. Be a good team going forward. Uh, and as a result of the opening, Quinn Gray, the former Florida A&M quarterback uh, slash, uh, um, uh, I think he's a, even a FAMU Hall of Famer, uh, might even be a MEAC Hall of Famer, uh, Gray is working as an offensive analyst with Memphis University, is now the head coach at Albany State, and he'll take over duties once he finishes up there. Um, also, you had the Bluefield – well, okay, so 
the Bluefield State getting voted into the CIAA for the 2023-24 year and Shawan not being renewed as an associate member. That happened. Uh, Bluefield State, uh, even though their population may not skew to look like an HBCU, they are technically an HBCU, Drew. Uh, any backstory you want to share on that? That That's always been Bluefield's goal when they completely transitioned from NAIA to Division II. Uh, the goal has always been to get into the CIAA. I know, excuse me, I know the SIAC was in place as an alternate landing point, but they wanted the CIAA. The CIAA wanted them ever since uh, Shawan left the CIAA. So it, it was something that was bound to happen. Uh, wow. Okay. And then uh, the SIC new scheduling model was announced for the uh, 2023 year. What's that going to look like, Drew, the new scheduling model? It's an eight-game schedule. Uh, basically, you have four games that are locked in, and then you will rotate four additional games over the next uh, over a four-year period. So you play four teams home and away for two years, then you flip off and you'll play the other four teams home and away over the next uh, two years, which will be the which means a student athlete will have an opportunity to play all 12 opponents because there are 13 football playing institutions in the SIAC over his over a four year career. Okay. Um, of course, we had the SWAC championship game uh, where uh, sort of right surrounded around the rumors of Coach Prime potentially leaving Jackson State. And then it turned out to, as the as the rumors got louder uh, and the sourcing became more consistent, uh, you, you learned um, at the kind of on the eve of the SWAC championship game that uh, Coach Prime was going to be departing after the game, taking a plane to Colorado and accepting an offer to be the next head coach at Colorado University. Uh, All that played out in real time on social media, on YouTube, and it was fascinating, Drew. Um, I mean, I, you know, it was sad, sad and fascinating all in the same breath (laughs) because we were watching it you're watching it. You're doubting whether it was going to happen. But the more and more you, the noise picked up, you know, uh, it was there. It overcrowded. It overshadowed a SWAT championship game, Drew, that, look, Southern did not put their best foot forward in the first quarter. Um, controversially, did not go with the people's choice of quarterback. I, I'm, I'm going to say it that way. The people's choice at quarterback <laughs> because – B. Sean McRae, who was the people's choice, came in after the previous quarterbacks had given up three turnovers, which led to 21 Jackson State points, settled the ship, and Southern, did they outscore? Did they outscore them in the second half, Drew? How did that work out? Yes. Yes, they did. 
Yeah, they outscored them from the they second out, believe, quarter on. They, they outscored them after the quarterback change. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, I've heard even B.J. Jones say, you know, if they would have started with Bishon McCray, uh, he felt like Southern could have won that game. And uh, it really was uh, maybe a sneak peek into what North Carolina Central would do to Jackson State. But everybody was so focused around, you know, what was going to happen and, and, and him potentially leaving. Why was he leaving? The timing of him leaving. Um, I mean, credit to the players for actually persevering, winning the title. Um, you know, and, and it really kind of left uh, outside of Jackson – it left a sour taste in a lot of people's mouth. And I want to say it that way <laughs> because outside of Jackson, very, very opinionated thoughts on the matter. But uh, as we learned in inside our interview, of Jackson. Because, uh, in different, different mindset, different, different, uh, they understood what the real was, right? Yes. Um. So that happened. And then of course we capped off the celebration bowl with a great, game or we capped off the month i guess with a great celebration bowl record ratings record attendance central 16 and a half point underdogs and we told you on our show drew take the dog back up the brinks truck run to the atm throw your money this was a layup drew there's not too many times drew that everybody can get rich this was it. And if you even listen to us say, what we say, pizza money, Drew? Pizza money on the money line? You'd have came out happy on that, too. But, uh, yeah. yeah, Drew, there's not too many times we'll see layups like that. But that was a layup. That was a – I'm not even going to call it a slam dunk, Drew, because everybody can't do a slam dunk. Everybody can make a layup, Drew. Everybody should be able to make a layup, and it was it was sitting there for you. It was sitting there for us. All right. Anything else we missed out of the month of uh, uh, December or just in general? Uh, forgot the coaching hire at Dale State. Okay. Uh, I don't know who. Lost you there. Mike check. We lost your vol- we lost your uh, volume, Brian. Oh yeah, sorry, I accidentally hit the mute button. No, I was saying uh, Rod Milstead was the uh, I think it was is it Milstead was the coach at Delaware State. Yeah, he's the one who was let go. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, any any uh, we'll we'll talk about we'll talk about more of the players of the year a little bit later. Uh, maybe in another show as we continue to do more wrap-up shows in other sports and then just in general. But uh, what's uh, what's your what's your overall takeaway, Drew? So we can kind of put a bow on on, on this uh, episode. Uh, just uh, just a, a great season. Lee Hall is the new head coach at Dale State. Okay. Lee Hall. All right. Was named new coach at uh, Dale State. Uh, just kind of happy uh, about everything that's been going on. Uh, also speaking before I go into that, 
Uh, we forgot to do higher at UAPB also that occurred this week. So uh, just a couple of those uh, that are sitting out there that we forgot to uh, mention. But uh, look, Brian, HBCU football is in a great place. Yes, thank Coach Prime for coming in and showing some things. I won't say opening up eyes. He may have opened up some people's eyes. But for me, he just showed a different different way of doing things yeah adding some energy to the room uh was probably the best way of putting that out there but uh, overall hbc look we've been around for 150 years we're going to be around another 150 years one of the best businesses that have made despite the dysfunction that we may have within our business model we have survived. We, we, there have been 107 of us that have survived. And 80, 83 of us that play some type of competitive sports. So we're going to be in a, a good place, Brian. Uh, just want to thank all the listeners, viewers, and listeners for allowing us to come into your living rooms on your phones, your tablets, your PCs, your Macs your iPads or whatever it is on on a weekly basis. Uh, We try to give you the best that we have. There's a lot of time and effort that goes into being able to provide you content. We just appreciate you all for liking, subscribing, following, and sharing this content with you all. And although we miss them a lot of times during the show, we do go back and read a lot of the comments that are given on all of our platforms of our show. So please continue to put in those comments. Uh, we love you guys. And once again, thank you for everything that you've uh, done for us because we will continue to do what we can for you and HBCU Sports. Um, I'd like to encourage everybody to help us continue to grow. The Black College Sports Network is part of the Jericho Broadcast Networks, and we need your help to continue to grow. You can do that by going to myjbn.com slash grow, G-R-O-W, myjbn.com slash grow. Make a donation. Make a donation uh, to help us. Uh, as we get ready to go into 2023 and do some exciting things, um, it, it'd be really helpful. Uh, you can always support the show in a number of ways. And, um, you know, that that's what we want to encourage. And hopefully, you know, as you guys consume the product and consume the material, if it's pleasing to you, man, it'd be great if you just dropped us uh, whatever you might spend on a cup of coffee or a, a snack at your local convenience store, uh, or maybe if you want to go deeper investments because you're, you know, you, you, you had a productive uh, weekend, uh, or if you played that North Carolina Central tip that we gave you, whatever you got to give, we'll take it. We'll love it. We'll love it. We'll appreciate it. And so we say thank you. Um, yeah. Hey, look, uh, Edward, hopefully. Hopefully we'll be there. Uh, so again, 
on behalf of all of our shows, all of the family of the Black College Sports Network. Of course, Dr. Cavill is inside the HBCU Sports Lab, the Carlos Brown Show, uh, the pregame show, the ONG Strike Zone, um, all of our shows. Uh, you know, we say thank you. Uh, wish you and your families a happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and um, that's gonna that's gonna do it. I'm up here watching a little bit of this this uh, Dallas and Eagles game, Drew. Uh, fantasy fantasy matchups are on the line here uh, in the playoff semifinals of my fantasy league. I've got Dallas's defense. I'm going up against the Eagles defense, and God dog it, these the defense of the Eagles just scored a pick six. I tell you, Drew, wow. Dak, I don't know how you Cowboys fans, how do you deal with Dak Prescott? This guy, oh, anyway, got sidetracked. Sorry, Drew. Uh, but hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. Uh, we will see you sometime next week. Uh, stay tuned. We'll tell you more. And uh, thank you guys for for uh, supporting everything we do. And uh, God bless everybody. Be safe. Uh, Merry Christmas to one and all. Happy Kwanzaa and all that good stuff. For Drew, I'm Brian. Peace out. Well, holla.